in life for free But you can give them to the birds and bees I want money You are listening to The Broom Closet, where we go deep with the biggest NFT collectors in the game. It's time to quit paper handing all your blue chip plays and learn the insights and strategies of the diamond hand holders. And for all the artists, new and old, this is the place to hear what the big buyers are really looking for and the red flags they're aiming to avoid. My name is Mofo, and I'm a longtime crypto investor, NFT collector, and the founder of the Gotham Apes. This is where I usually introduce my co-host, Sarge, the legend, OG artist, and mastermind behind Phantom Punks. But instead, today, we have a very special co-host. A big welcome to the one and only true voodoo. Also on the show today, a man who needs no introduction, the legendary FTM Maxi and NFT collector, Tweak896. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing incredible. I've, I've never called you mofo. So I don't know if I can even adjust to that. So it's a it's a longstanding nickname with a with an inside uh, inside joke to it. But uh, that, that's <laughs> that's what I've been using for a while. Well, I love it. I love it. It's great to talk to you again, Tweak. Um, last time we chatted was on NFT Alpha with Tim Foyle and I, and so I uh, it's going to be great to catch up with you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I haven't done anything like this for a while so it's kind of fun to do something new i think a great way to kind of kick this off is you know you know both you guys i mean obviously very well known in the uh, in the ftm nft space um but you know give us a little rundown you know a little bit of your your backstory a little bit of your uh you know nft journey and you know i think the listeners uh would appreciate it Um, I guess I'll start. Um, my NFT journey for Phantom was kind of started early on with the the Umans, the Ancestral Umans launch. And, um, you know, I minted a couple. I was never serious about NFTs, but the way it kind of kicked off was once I started getting involved with the Tombheads auction house and started looking into other projects and just getting in, into the collection aspect. Voodoo, what about yeah. you, man? How'd you get into it? Uh, basically, I got into Phantom. I bought a couple NFTs on Ethereum and lost everything. You know, they were terrible purchases. And so then when I came to Phantom, <laughs> I saw gas fees were, were cheap and I got into DeFi. And uh, then I just started messing around, saw on Twitter uh, some different mints coming up. And so got into a few and then I discovered tomb heads auctions and uh i spent the next like three months bidding every weekend on saturday and sunday and losing every single bid to tweak and uh <laughs> once once tweak uh took some time off the auctions i think i started winning some but uh no, seriously we, it was just so much fun in tomb heads bidding against him all the time and uh yeah he got addicted in that auction setting as most collectors on phantom did and uh then you know Potluck Labs ended up happening out of that passion, and here we are today. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, thanks again, guys, for joining. Uh, I like to kick off the show. We've got uh, 
got a good amount of listeners here. Um, I'd like to kick off the show with a giveaway. So in order to win this giveaway, I'm going to give away uh, a Terraformer um, by Clockworky. Um, and this is you know, a really great piece. Uh, all you need to do to enter is retweet my pinned post, and I will run a Twitter picker in about uh, 10 minutes. We will be doing giveaways all hour, uh, thanks to the generosity of our co-host and our guest. Uh, so stay on, listen up. We've got some good stuff to talk about. Obviously, really, really challenging market right now. Um, you know, ups and downs of crypto. You know, I've talked about it on weeks before, but I've been watching the crypto space since, you know, very, very early days, you know, 2013, 2014, uh, gotten into NFTs about a year ago, uh, specifically on the, on the Phantom Network. Not even really sure how I came across it, um, but, you know, just really fell in love with the speed, really fell in love with the um, transaction fees uh, and all of that. Um, so why don't we take a minute here because, you know, we do have some uh, you know, experienced, uh, you know, crypto traders who have been watching it for a while, who have been, you know, early into the NFT scene, uh, early into the NFT scene, early into the phantom scene, really. Um, why don't we talk about the market? You know, Voodoo, um, you know, to kick it off, you know, what, what do you think our, our listeners should be looking for in the market? And, you know, what are your predictions for what's next? Oh man, um, definitely not an expert on the crypto market as I've been only in crypto for about a year, a year and a half ish. Um, but my background is in traditional finance and, you know, so helping clients navigate the ups and downs of the market. And I'll tell you, you know, even my clients still in, in financial services, they are, uh, everyone's scared, you know? The market's down. It's not just a crypto thing. And so I think there's a lot of pressures going on throughout the world. You know, um, the money printers have been turned off in a lot of countries. So inflation's going up. But unlike the last couple of years, there's not a bunch of extra money coming in. And so I think this last bull run we had in crypto was a lot due to the extra money people had. And they couldn't leave and go anywhere to spend it. And now you have people without that money and uh, the cost of living going up. So I think it, I think it's going to be a tough period of time here. Um, but what one thing I do and I, I'd advise any of you to do is to not sell on red days and, <laughs> you know, sell, sell when it's green and, and hold or buy more when it's red and uh, just, just go through the pain. Uh, I still feel very confident with uh, crypto in general. I feel good about Phantom. I think there's a lot of changes that can happen to improve things. Um, but also just even on the NFT side, um, we just had this incredible little bull run and I'm not sure if it's stopped. Um, you know, it looks like the sales have kind of grinded to a halt the last 24 hours or so, but I think it might just be the fear with Bitcoin going down again today, prices going down. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. This last week has been in the midst of all this pain in the market, just to have this incredible phantom NFT bull run, has been uh, it's been a blast. You know, I always say, and uh, Tweak, I'm super interested to hear from you here because uh, you're very active on Twitter. You you know, you're clearly you know, paying attention to charts and whatnot. 
Um, but my general rule, and I wish I would follow this more, the problem, you know, as someone who has you know, spent uh, a good portion of my life trading as well, is uh, following your trading rules is really, really hard. It takes discipline. It takes all sorts of uh, all, all sorts of discipline, really, to, um, to follow your rules. And one of my rules, of which I don't follow as well as I should, is <laughs> sell some when you want to brag and buy some when you want to puke. <laughs> um, this... Uh, this might be a really interesting time to buy. And, you know, these prices. I was going through some some old screenshots, you know, from a from a year ago, and you know, even at FTM, I remember being incredibly excited about FTM being in the twenty cent range, uh, you know, just you know, ecstatic around it. And you know, these prices are are interesting. So so tweak, you know, give us your insight uh, on the market. You know, what uh, what. What do you what, what advice do you have for um, you know traders holders uh, and what do you think's next? I mean, I, I started getting involved with Phantom. That was back in the 2018 bear market. So I came up with the strategy was to find the best projects that had the most potential, you know, the best tech, you know, and just month by month just you know, wait for the crash of that month or whenever is a good time, use your extra money, average into it. And I just kept doing that until basically, you know, the big crash of 2020. And, and then we've gone up since then, but it's basically dollar cost averaging and you just do it all throughout the bear. And, you know, you should, you should definitely take some profits when you start making some serious cash in the bull run, but you know, it might be a little too late now, but you know, now might be a good time to, you know, dollar cost average in and, uh, you know, zoom out, look for the macro trends and just kind of hold through or, you know, do what you can. But this might be an opportunity for a lot of people to get in super cheap. Do you think the, I mean, this question is really for both you guys. It's come up a lot in you know, various conversations that I've had over the past many weeks. Do you think the, the HODL mentality, the HODL meme, uh, do you think it's dangerous for crypto investors? Um, do you think that, uh, you know, do you think that maybe, um, you know, people should consider um, not just, you know, taking that stance and just hold, you know, holding forever? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it really depends on what your goals are. Um, and when you, yeah, I think the meme can be, uh, dangerous if you hold something as it goes to zero. Um, but if you believe in like, you know, in phantom people believe in the tech or if you just believe in the future of any project or any stock, I just think about Amazon, for example, uh, there's been three times that Amazon stock has gone down 90%. Uh, and Amazon, if you would have held it from the beginning, which basically nobody uh, nobody did except the founder and his parents, uh, you'd be super rich right now. But almost nobody can do it. And so, you know, for me, um, yeah, I'm sitting on some, I had some huge paper gains and now I've got some big paper losses <laughs> because I, I did, um, you know, Hoddle through this. Mm -hmm. I didn't sell, but also my time frame 
wasn't that short. You know, I didn't get into this for a one year time horizon. I really believed in like a three to five year journey to total financial freedom through the next bull cycle. Um, but looking back, I'm like, man, yeah, I wish I would have sold the top and then rebought now. I'd, I'd have a lot more. But, you know, I, I think you just got to know your end goals and, you know, invest and take profits and, you know, do it with your plan. Everybody's plans different. So you got to you got to shoot for your plan and not not whatever the crypto influencers tell you. That's for sure. Valuable insight. What about you, Tweak? Did we lose you? I'm guessing I must have lost him because he's unmuted. It shows. So, yeah, I see him here. Well, let's um, let's you know, we'll, we'll come back to that if we if we get him back here. Um, but let's you know, last week we took a little bit of a, a, a mental health break, not a not a mental health break, but like a a discussion around it because I know that uh, a lot of people are uh, hurting, upset, have taken, you know, serious losses. Um, and, you know, I think it certainly stems from, uh, you know, uh, again, breaking another rule that uh, is, <clears throat> is widely discussed and talked about uh, inside of crypto is, uh, you know, not investing more than you can lose. It's a, it's, it's a risky game and, and uh, you know, bull markets create a sense of, um, you know, excitement and, um, and you know, how, how do you, personally uh, deal with the stress uh, of losses and how do you cope with it? Um, You know, not only maybe just, you know, crypto losses from trading, but, you know, being rugged or scammed or, or anything like that. I think, you know, the listeners um, uh, would love to hear any tips on kind of how to maintain uh, health in challenging times like these. I mean, I've got my methods. I, I try to work out a lot. I try to spend time with family. I try to turn off the charts. Uh, I put my head down and build on my project. Um, that's what I do, and you know, try to try to maintain some level of sanity there. What about you, Voodoo? Yeah, I think you you said a lot of the things I do. I mean, just in general, to deal with tough times in my life, uh, I like to go to the gym to just like refocus on you know get out of my head and do something with my body uh that helps and honestly for me man i like listening to to music that changes my state um and for me just personally like i really like uh worship music to just like kind of change my mental attitude and my spirit about things but uh just practically speaking with crypto in general um is i i do overinvest but everyone's got different <laughs> risk tolerances and i have like an extremely high risk tolerance. And I think most anyone who's in crypto probably does. Uh, but I don't do leverage. I'm not taking out loans. Uh, I don't care how smart it seems. I've, I've tried it all. Like I've, I've, screwed, I've gotten liquidated last year, um, right after Bitcoin hit 65,000, then went back down. You know, I, I went through all that, uh, made a bunch of money early last year and then lost it all. And then I just vowed I was never going to see that happen again. And so, I would just tell people, most people that get really wrecked or go to zero, it's because they took out a loan or they played with leverage. And so for me, um, like those, those are just two rules that I'm like, man, I'll just stay away from that. Um, but it's very tempting. Like you said, when the market's going up, it feels like it's going to go up forever. Uh, but I, I always sell in the green, um, like even this NFT run the last week, 
Uh, I probably sold maybe about 6,000 Phantom from sales. And, you know, I see a lot of people, they might be stuck for a little bit because they might have bought too high and now they're stuck. And so I just, you got to take advantage of those runs. Um, but, but like I said, it's, you know, I, I hodled, like I didn't sell my Fang. I didn't sell my Phantom. Um, I still got it all. And you just have to laugh about some of this. We just make jokes. Like we'll just talk about how poor we are now and how we got to go to McDonald's and get a job, you know, just cause you got to put humor in things. Uh, cause if, if, if you don't at least laugh at it, you're going to cry about it. So <laughs> that's, uh, generally the only things I do. So. Uh, I tend to agree. Uh, tweet, do we have you back? I see you on here, but I can't hear you speaking. Um, well, let's keep moving here. I think that uh, we'll get him back. Uh, might want to drop and then uh, pop back in uh, if that uh, I've, I've seen that work before. Um, crypto news. I mean, obviously, the collapse of Tether, or sorry, not Tether, the collapse of uh, Terra this past week sent massive shockwaves and ripples uh, you know, throughout uh, the crypto industry in any chain, in any project. Um, what's next for Terra? I mean, it doesn't seem like anyone's going to have any confidence. However, you know, the founder keeps tweeting about a fork, uh, Terra 2.0. Um, you know, I personally got wrecked in Terra. Um, you know, this in, in this case, it wasn't, you know, more than I can afford to lose, although it was painful and certainly, uh, certainly not a good situation. And I think it's relevant discussion for you know anything crypto related whether it's nfts or or uh, you know just cryptocurrency or whatever um what's next for terra and what's what's the effects going to be on all of this voodoo what do you think so um i it seems dead to me and i think that there's obviously going to be a narrative from a lot of people to try to you know try to bring it back because obviously they want to like you know, recoup some of what they got, but also now it's got that like Shiba Inu effect or the Doge effect, uh, where it's like this super cheap quote unquote coin because they produce trillions of it now inflated the supply, you know, like crazy. Uh, so now as long as people can buy it on exchanges, I think it's going to be a very popular thing to buy. Um, I, I saw them saying, you know, maybe we go back to like before the incident and then just like fork it there or whatever. I don't, I don't see any of that as viable. Um, mm. But I feel bad for you, for anyone who got wrecked with it, be, because I think a lot of people, same with Tomb, uh, and I know Tweak's a big proponent of Tomb, uh, so I'm not here to like to crap on anything. But I, I think there's a lot of people who put a lot of trust in algorithmically um, pegged coins, whether that be stable coins or not. And I think that that's kind of been wrecked. And I think that that's what's, you know, Phantom's been affected by that. Uh, holders within our ecosystem have been affected by it. And so I'm personally just kind of on the sidelines with anything algorithmic, <laughs> like any any peg system. I'm just kind of on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. I'm not hopping in. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not bullish on it, but I'm not going to say they're all going to zero either, so. Yeah, I, it's, you know, this, this stable coin space has definitely taken a hit. Um, I think that, you know, a couple others have shown 
uh, various weak spots. And, you know, we shall see even uh, Teether uh, last week dropped, uh, you know, I don't know, what was it, uh, you know, 98 cents and people started to get really nervous. So we'll see how, how it all takes effect. But, you know, to your point earlier, I'm all, I've always been a big believer and I've watched it happen throughout the, uh, the course of my life, uh, you know, specifically within the tech industry is stuff gets built up, stuff breaks down and stuff gets built up stronger. Um, you know, I am a believer that uh, people learn from um, learn from failure. Um, you know, whether uh, you know Stablecoin uh, learns from this you know terrible tragedy and comes back, I don't know if that's going to be possible for him. But others will have learned from that mistake, and th- there will be iteration and there will be evolution. And you know, things will come back stronger. We're, you know, we're all here because we believe in the tech, um, and yeah, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe it's not going anywhere. Um, it looks like we may have tweak back. Are you are you back? Can we hear you? Yeah, can you hear me? There we go. Yes. How all are right, you? fine. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties, but yeah, you know, glad to have you back. So, you know, we were just talking about uh, you know stable coins, uh, the collapse of Terra, you know, the effects that that would have, and if you have any thoughts on that, um, let's jump into it, and then and then after that we can we can jump into kind of the meat and bones, uh, meat and potatoes of, uh, the NFTs. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, DeFi is so new and, um, I've been in crypto and trading crypto involved with the crypto scene since like 2015. So I've, I've seen these cycles come and go and, you know, but right now we're, you know, with DeFi is it's only a year or two, you know, old, so since the beginning, it's been tested, you know, whether it's like the exploits of the code, you know, that was it in the beginning, people taking, you know, what they can. And, you know, now we're we're really testing which stable coins, you know, survive the bear market, you know, that hold up on their own merits. You know, um, it's unfortunate what happened to the Luna, you know, the UST, but um i feel like what's going to become of this is the tether and you know all the other stable coins that come through and hold their peg afterwards are going to be a lot more stronger and people are going to have confidence back in there so it's kind of part of the growth process you know how how defi can handle these liquidations handle this on you know in such a you know, I mean, everywhere the market's down. So, but to be able to handle the amount of volume and size, you know, I feel like that this space is going to be a lot more stronger because of all this. So in a certain sense, I'm, I'm kind of more excited for the future even after. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, kind of to my point, I'm, I'm a believer that when things break, smart people figure out ways to fix them. Um, interesting time. You know, we, we'll get through it. And, uh, you know, we just keep our head down, keep building, keep pushing forward. Uh, that's kind of my strategy anyways. Uh, I am going to draw this Twitter picker here in a moment. Um, but let's let's jump into – actually, why don't we do this? I'm going to draw that Twitter picker in a moment. Voodoo, if you want to run something – uh, feel free and uh, run a contest and uh, we'll get that one moving for, you know, for uh, announcement in you know, 10 or 15 minutes as well. Yeah, for sure. If you guys, I don't, 
I'm not a co-host, and even if I was, I don't know how to pin a tweet up here. But if, if you know how Gotham, you can pin my last tweet about this space, and people can retweet that. I or can't. That. I can't. But what what they will do is why don't you? Why don't people head over real quick to uh, if you're able to uh, True Voodoo's um, uh, Twitter account, and I think you can stay live on this while you do so, and then retweet retweet his pin tweet. Yeah, here, let me make it pinned. Okay, here we go. I pinned it just now, so it's the pinned tweet about this space. Just retweet it, and I'm going to give away a Hunters of Evil by Danetron. Incredible art. Yeah, no, unreal, man. It's uh, just such a sick collection. Guys, uh, Guys a beast. Phantom has the best artists, I'll tell you that much. Very generous. Appreciate it to all the listeners. Go over there, uh, retweet True Voodoo's pinned post, and win one of those incredible pieces of art. Um, you're kind of jumping into uh, the main topics here. You know, I always ask our guests because you know NFTs are so new. NFTs are you know in some ways controversial. What do the people in your life, like family and friends, think about NFTs? Are they supportive? Are they dismissive? Um, What's your experience there, Tweet? Mine? Well, um, I know that, like, for my girlfriend, for instance, like, she she doesn't know a lot about crypto like I do. She's kind of, I mean, she has some, and she knows kind of what it's used for. But when it comes to NFTs, you know, she knows what, like, collecting stuff is, and she has fun with it. And I feel like it really got her involved into the space, you know, just from the collection aspect. So she likes getting something that's rare or, you know, seeing, seeing what she'll get from a mint, you know? Um, but, but there's, you know, like, like my mom, she, she, I don't think I could ever convince her to get an NFT. You know, <laughs> she, it, it's kind of diff. There's a age barrier after a certain point, but, you know, I, I feel like there's so so much you could do with NFTs that we're only scratching the surface with what is coming. And, uh, you know, you you get a lot of different perspectives from it, whether it's just the great art, great collection, rarity, um, utility. And uh, the people around me have, have kind of, pick different kinds or like for gaming. I think that, you know, the possibilities are endless, which is what's so exciting about it. Really. It's um, you, know, I, you know, I've always been a, a fan of, of being involved in things that I feel 10 years out may look totally different than they do today. You know, of course the art, you know, the PFP stuff, like all of that is fun and all of it's, all of it's great, but you know, the excitement around what, NFT, non-fungible token uh, technology uh, can provide for the world five years from now, 10 years from now is is super exciting. And, you know, if you're not involved and you're not kind of on the cutting edge, a lot of times you can get left behind. Um, what about you, Voodoo? How's your how's your family and friends? <laughs> take, take your NFT uh, obsession. Yeah, they, I, I don't know. My wife is, she's come around to it. She's, she at first, was wondering why I kept getting all these weird pictures mailed to the house and uh, kept refusing to let me hang them up anywhere. But now, <laughs> <laughs> now I've, uh, 
Uh, she's come around, but yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely was a big change. Cause I spent the last, you know, since college, pretty much the last 12 years of my life, uh, building a business and financial services and, you know, all of our close friendships and things, uh, were with people that were in our business and uh, pretty much, I still have the business, but I pretty much have stepped away from actively working, uh, and running it for the last six months or so to focus on building potluck. And so it's, it's had a huge effect on my life. Um, and I don't think because, you know, when, when crypto's up, nobody says anything, you know, when it's down, uh, maybe they, <laughs> they try to call to make sure, uh, you know, you're still making it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it has been a big life change for me. I don't think people are like negative. I don't have friends that are like, oh, NFTs are bad for the environment or anything like that. So I don't, I don't get any of that. I have heard a lot of artists have to deal with that from the artist mm-hmm. space. Um, but it's just, it's a change, you know, I live my life with people all over the world now, uh, through the internet versus, you know, just locally with clients here in, in Texas. So, uh, it's changed a lot, but man, it's changed for the better. Um, I think this, this community is just so incredible and has added so much to my life. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. I, I, thanks for that insight. And yeah, I think that we all believe, uh, you know, probably everyone listening here as well, that bringing people into the space, educating them is critically important uh, as, you know, mass adoption grows and as, you know, various chains, you know, come alive. You know, how do you bring people in the space? You know, have you had any success? And, you know, what's your approach? What can our listeners do to help bring, um, you know, their social circles into crypto, into NFTs and help, you know, build the ecosystem? Uh, I'll go first, then Tweak can go. Um, Yeah, so I've brought a ton of people into into Sam, into crypto. Um, Plot Twist, my buddy, I mean, one of the guys, he was already in crypto a little bit, but not not on decentralized crypto, you know, not into Phantom. So once he came, um, he's helped that tremendously. He made like a big old document (laughs) that walks people through everything from setting up a Coinbase account to a MetaMask to how to invest in you know, in phantom. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say 40 or 50 in real life friends and, and family and acquaintances I've gotten into it. And we've had uh, a few friends have gotten like super addicted to phantom NFTs. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think because it's basically like our life now that people ask us about it and they're very intrigued and, um, yeah, it's, you got to take the time. You got to help them set up the accounts and set up MetaMask and walk people through it. But, you know, if you believe in something and you believe that it can bring financial freedom to people, then I I feel like I have a moral obligation to take the time to help people I care about if they're open and wanting to explore it. Because I know how much it took for me to learn all this. And I know most people, even if they're interested, they're never going to take the time to figure it out. Uh, And so you got to hold their hand and kind of help them do it. Tweak, what about you? What do you think about you know bringing people in, educating them? Yeah, I've actually brought over one of my close friends since high school. You know, was an artist, consume, and he really wasn't involved with anything with crypto. He was just a professional artist that did this. You know, selling art to to um, you know doing commissions and stuff for like album art and stuff. Um, 
I got him set up like True Voodoo said, you know, with MetaMask, getting him on board the system, get it, sending him over, you know, brush to, to list his collection, you know, showing him how kind of everything operated and just getting him running. And then ever since then, he's just been full in it, you know, every week he's like hosting, you know, and it was just that push into the space that kind of led to that it was all hands off since. And, you know, I think that goes even for non-artists, just collectors, just being able to get them with the MetaMask and the Phantom and how to get the Phantom in their wallet, you know, just knowing how the system works. You know, I think that's, that, that's great insight. And it, it's interesting because, you know, as, you know, my journey through crypto has evolved, it is still complicated uh, to really get in, understand MetaMask, understand how the blockchain works and all of that, but it's 10 times easier than it was five, six, seven years ago. You know, there was no MetaMask tools. It was, you know, you had to, you had to get really creative and really into the weeds to, to understand how anything was working. And, you know, with, with the way MetaMask works and, and some of the other tools that are out there, I think uh, the barrier to entry is significantly less for general people. I mean, I've, I've you know, general, you know, casual um, uh, people who are, who are interested in the space. So I think it's a it's a really good time. And I imagine five years from now, it will be even easier. Um, you know, blockchain authentication is not going anywhere and it's going to be used significantly more uh, with, you know, more and better and easier access, uh, you know, such as tools and, and software as, as things progress. Um, you know, we are certainly as a group here, uh, phantom maxis, uh, but I do think it's important to, um, you know, to listeners to hear from, you know, people who, who have been around for a while. You know, what other chains like, are you collect? I mean, I know Voodoo does for sure, um, but what other chains um, tweak are, do you, have you collected on? Do you collect on? Are you mostly Phantom? Are you you know do you have exposure other other places as well? Yeah, for me, I just I like to focus on Phantom. I know others like I've talked to a few other artists like on Solana and stuff. So I, they've gifted me a few NFTs there, but I haven't really been a collector there just because. I've been so involved with the phantom space. So, but I've, I've checked them out. And also ETH, but you know, I mostly stick to phantom. Yeah. I was going to ask if there's any focus on ETH. I've, I've recently been, you know, watching and, you know, buying a few things, you know, obviously the gas is painful. The network is slow. Um, you know, there's a huge volume, you know, on ETH, obviously it's, it's the king of the jungle at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, really hoping that, you know, people will bridge over and cross, cross into the phantom network for so many obvious reasons, the speed, the transaction costs, microtransactions, all of that is just super compelling and, and part of why I like it. Um, you know, Voodoo, I, I, obviously, you know, phantom, and I, I know you guys at potluck, you know, work within a few chains, uh, any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Phantom is like where we were born and raised in NFTs. Um, but more and more, man, I think when it comes to art, um, you know, our role in the community is helping artists, you know, make money and build projects and be successful and then helping the collectors, you know, ha buy projects that hopefully go up in value and uh, make profits for them. And so with that, I think it's very important 
to do whatever we can to bring more people into our ecosystem. And so when I say our ecosystem, I don't just mean Phantom NFTs, although that is a huge part of it. I mean, into the Potluck Labs ecosystem. And so we're always trying to do anything we can to grow the total amount of collectors. And going to other chains is a huge part of that. And it benefits everybody. Uh, I saw somebody with some ridiculous tweet that we, you know, us minting on other chains is, is just a money grab. And I'm like, it's, it's crazy because pretty much any DeFi project, you know, they're going to other chains or they're, you know, there's very few that just stay on one chain. Uh, even, um, you know, I, a, a lot of the big ones right now, Reaper, um, Beethoven, they're all launching on other chains as well because you have to bring in more users. It's like your job to your shareholders, if you will, is to do whatever you can to make the value go up. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we tried on Matic, uh, didn't have a great experience there. We didn't, we just didn't love, you know, the minting experience or, or the community experience, but we have loved AVAX. Um, we're looking into other networks as well. Uh, we partner with artists from Tezos. We've got an auction where we have ETH artists on, but I think the whole thing is the more and more users and collectors that we can bring into our ecosystem, the more that everybody on the phantom side benefits because if we bring over say we did a for instance say we did a, a mint on soul and we brought in four thousand or two thousand new people into the potluck ecosystem a lot of those people once they hop in our discord are going to come over to phantom and they're going to start buying the phantom nfts and then all of a sudden you've got a phantom you know uh, a bull run in phantom nfts and that that's the goal that's what happens mm -hmm. so uh, I love Phantom. I believe in the experience, the tech, man, I 100% believe in it. That's why we have a DeFi platform here. But I think when it comes to NFTs, you got to be a little more chain agnostic to say, you know, how can we reach the most people possible um, to make the number go up? I've been, I've been saying it for a while, and I believe that, you know, you guys at Potluck uh, are doing, you know, more for uh, exposure to Phantom NFTs you know, through your cross-chain stuff uh, than almost anybody in the ecosystem. So, you know, applaud those efforts. Uh, it, it's, I, like, I love the strategy and I'm, you know, I'm excited to see how it develops uh, going forward. You, you got to bring eyes and you bring eyes by going cross-chain and bringing them into the Phantom Network. And once you get into the Phantom Network, it is pretty addicting and hard to get away from it. Uh, there's just an incredible amount of art. You can buy, you know, beautiful stuff for, uh, you know, 50 phantom, 30 phantom, a hundred, you know, 10,000 if you want. Um, yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen tweak do it before. <laughs> um, there's just some, some really incredible art, really incredible projects. Um, but you know, as we talk about the art and the incredible projects, you know, what are the go-to sources? Like where do you source, um, and, and discover new projects? Most of our guests say Twitter is, is, is a big, uh, aspect of that Twitter discord. Are there any other places where you can discover new projects where, you know, artists who are trying to get a name for themselves or, or collectors who are looking for new projects, uh, should go to look, what do you think voodoo? Well, I think, uh, Phantom watch and what they've done, the team at Phantom watch, um, it's an awesome website shows you whatever is minting what's coming up uh that's a great way and that's just people in the community not making any money at this point just doing something for the community so i think that's an incredible way um i believe that going to the auctions and we've got four awesome auction houses right now uh, but obviously tomb heads being the like the pinnacle of what's been built with auction houses then we've got one a cross-chain auction then you've got pinky swear auctions and then you've got the uh, phantom 
art collective. I think that's what it is. And, uh, by Dino King and Beamer. Um, and I think that's where you go to see what people like when it comes to, especially one-on-one art, but most of the great generatives come from those artists as well. Uh, but really the easiest thing, if you want to be like, well, what's, what's popping is just to get on the main marketplaces, opera house, NFT key paint swap, and just look at the volume, look at the trending volume. What's last seven days. What's got the most volume last 30 days, all time. And then you can just see, okay, I see what the winners are. I see what people like. And once you really realize kind of the formula of those things and the look of them, I think when you're getting into new projects, you can start to really pick the winners. Yeah, I, I agree with all those spots. Um, what about you, Tweak? Any any uh, insight on you know, where you go to find new projects? <laughs> yeah, well, like uh, True Voodoo said, you know, the auction houses are great to find good artists. And then, you know, I really don't have a simple system. I plug into you know, hundreds of discords, tons of telegrams, you know, plenty of Twitter. I listen to all the, you know, big collectors and, you know, I look at the market. What's, you know, if you're trying to flip something, you need to flip some with volume. So what projects are kind of taking off and, you know, that's kind of how blue chips I think get established. And, you know, then you look at rarity and, attributes to to see what kind of nft you want but but yeah i i don't really have like a perfect system yet maybe tomb heads would be like i think like the best to kind of get an eye on the nft scene i think it's a great i think it's a great place to start actually it's funny you mentioned tomb heads i think you know probably a lot of our listeners myself included you know it was the first auction I ever stepped into, uh, the first auction I ever watched, uh, first auction I ever bought anything, and they've got a great community. And to um, to Voodoo's point, there's a couple other great ones that are popping up, including the potluck, uh, you know, the every other Wednesday potluck auction. You know, I've had great success there. I think we had a record selling um, a record selling auction last week um, for the Gotham Maze project, so that was exciting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean again, our, our guests often say Twitter, but Twitter is, is a really great place. You know, follow the big projects, you know, look for new ones. Let's see what, you know, see what people are talking about, you know, all really great places. The one interesting thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up real quick and um, is I've noticed recently, um, you know, some projects specifically some on eat, but definitely some on phantom as well uh, that are not necessarily trading on rarity, but trading on attributes. Um, you know, I think the, the, the general consensus is that, you know, the most rare, um, you know, statistically uh, NFTs in a in generative collection are the most valuable. Um, but I've seen some very specific cases, you know, on Ethereum, if you follow the Zuki, you know, moving away from all the drama from a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, ranking almost doesn't matter at all. You know, some of the some of the lowest um, uh, some of the highest ranked or lowest ranked um, uh, pieces are, are selling for significantly more because they have attributes that people find attractive and I think you see that actually a lot in in you know in real life art um, you know people look for very specific traits that are you know that are attractive to them so I think it's an, an interesting thing to to think about for for artists and collectors as well is you know there's rarity but um, but rare and attractive attributes are also, you know, really pretty valuable in certain instances. Um, you know, I think, um, what was it, the original Uman collection that sits on OpenSea, there is no rarity there. Um, but, you know, people buy them because they like the specific 
um, the specific traits. And uh, I think we'll probably see more of that as the, as the, uh, you know, the art evolves and as the projects evolve. So, you know, what advice do you give to a new collector? What advice would you give to a new collector who wants to jump in and learn? Voodoo? Yeah. Um, I think basically what I said earlier, you know, hop in uh, the auctions is a great way. Um, discords, you know, hopping in um, the active discords of a lot of these communities, like whichever art you really like, just dive into their discord, learn more. Um, if you see art you like, like hop in a great way to like, see if this project's going somewhere. Is to, if they have a discord, hop in, see what the activities like, what the community's like, how active it is. And you can see if a project is going somewhere or if it's kind of dead. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, Twitter, crypto Twitter is where everything is. You just hang out on the little phantom crypto Twitter and start following all the projects, follow the bigger names, you know, I mean, literally just looking through the list of who's listening, just go through here and follow everyone on here. And yep. I think that'd be a great place to start. Yeah, this is cool. This is uh, one of our, one of our biggest groups. This this spaces uh, gets bigger each week, so it's nice to see uh, that you know we're actually talking about things that people care to hear about and providing some some value to collectors and artists alike. Um, you know, tweak. You know, what would you say? You know, some of the biggest mistakes that uh, new collectors or and or the two part question, new collectors and or new projects make uh, when they, you know, when they first get started out that, you know, kind of kind of sends them to the graveyard, so to speak. Well, for new collectors, I mean, they're, they're kind of similar, but, um, you know, if you if you just go all into this one project, you don't know what you're doing. You know, you're spending all your phantom you know, you got to understand like the way the liquidity for the market works for NFTs. And, you know, if you pick a, you know, big project, you probably won't have the issues, but, you know, some projects just don't have the same volume, you know, but, you know, if, if you're just getting stuff you like adding it to your collection, like True Voodoo said, you know, I think you should be fine. But, you know, I, I've like minted stuff I thought was cheap and, you know, I've seen it drop after mint. And that's also another big, um, big issue with the projects. Like I remember um, portal heads, you know, had a steep mint price and uh, you know, it it, it was a sharp drop, you know, for resale. And, you know, I think that, you know, that's a big mistake is to not kind of adjust with the market, whatever supply and demand, you know, meets. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And we talk about that, you know, pretty much each week is, you know, too many pieces, too high of a mint price, um, you know, not selling out um, and, you know, not protecting your floor and providing value for your holders, you know, turns, turns, uh, you know, kills the floor. And, you know, when you, when you kill the floor, then people kind of lose interest and move on to, uh, the next thing, which they think is going to be hot and exciting. Um, so, you know, if I talk about mistakes that I see, it's, uh, you know, whoever is in charge of the project, the artists, you know, the group, you know, not communicating, uh, with their, uh, with their holders, um, you know, not having a presence, you know, not providing 
you know, value, um, you know, as the project continues. And you know, I would say, you know, not having a roadmap, you know, not, uh, not doing uh, what you say you're going to do over promising and under delivering is always a, a mistake that I, I see with new projects. Um, what about you, Voodoo? Yeah, one thing right before it happened to that, I will say that Sarah uh, won your giveaway and then Aspent won mine. Oh, nice. And so I don't know if Tweak, did you, I know you had a Autocolor Technica you're wanting to give away, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm down to give it away whenever. I don't know if you guys want to set that up. But... Why, don't I, why don't I do this? I'll drop uh, in my giveaway channel in my Discord. You can find a link on my profile. Uh, I'll drop uh, a 15-minute a giveaway for uh, the Autocolor Technica um, that Tweak is so graciously providing our listeners today. So pop on in there. Uh, give me a minute to set up the bot, but uh, we'll announce a winner in uh, you know, 15 minutes. Well, you set up the bot. What's the question I'm answering again? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest mistakes that uh, new projects make. Oh, my gosh. There's a, a long list of mistakes now. Um, I think the you, you already mentioned uh, a few of them that you got to build the community first. Uh, I think that's key. Build a community first. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that. I have a lot of artists hit, hit me up, you know, because they see what we do marketing and things. And I just tell them, look, build a community on Twitter. Um, partner with other small projects that are getting started. Do cross giveaways, you know, giveaway mints. Uh, so give away a mint of your project to their Twitter following. Give away one of theirs to yours and just start building that way. Um, but so many people, like, they just create a Twitter this month. Like I'll see it's created in May and they announced they're minting, you know, next week. Never heard of them. Don't know what's going on with them. Uh, but they think, oh, the art's done. So we've done our job. And really the art is just when it comes to successful generative, especially, but really any NFT project, um, the art is very important, but the community is, is more important. And you can see that by looking at a lot of the most successful projects out there just across the NFT landscape. It's not a hierarchy of like who had the best art. That means it's the best project. It's the communities that people are the most passionate about. So community first, but then you do have to nail supply. You got to nail price. So when it comes to supply, you have to look around at how many wallets um, are in most projects on Phantom, you know? And once you look yep. at that, you can say, well, what, what's a price that we can put this at to attract those wallets and then to actually expect it to sell out. And I would recommend for any project, if you have visions of continuing and doing multiple generations to start small, maybe a 300 piece collection or a 500 piece collection, uh, start pretty cheap to attract people and, uh, and then come out with the next generation and up the supply, maybe up the price a bit. Uh, if you've built the demand and just, just go that way, you know, don't try to make all your money up front, um, you know, and, and then fail, um, there's, there's projects, I don't want to name names, but there's projects that have come here, done a 10,000-piece collection at 55 Phantom, sold 200 of them, and then disappeared because they totally mispriced it, and they missed it, the supply, and, and now everyone who invested has pretty much lost it, you know, lost all the value. Great insight. I hope, you know, artists and creators are, you know, checking in and listening because, you know, what you're talking about is, 
really important, you know, critically important to finding success within the space. So, you know, great, great alpha there. Um, but you know, on the flip side, you know, what are the indicators that like really, you know, get you behind a project? Uh, in past weeks, we've talked about, um, you know, physicals coming with it, you know, the teams being doxxed, utility behind it, staking, quality of the art, uh, community involvement, those sort of things. You know, anything, you know, within that list uh, that, I, that I missed or, you know, feel free to dive into any of those items as well. What do you think, Tweet? Yeah, to me, it's, um, you know, you could kind of catch a vibe of um, the project that they're launching, you know, the way they set it up, how expanded they're going to make it, you know, the excitement and the reception. And it's just, you know, the, the projects that do really well have this energy of, um, you know, the community's already kind of excited for it. The people making it have huge plans for it, you know. And they're kind of direct and, you know, it's like a big picture of having all those things you, you were talking about like together and, um, you know, it's kind of an art to, you know, find the right ones that, you know, are going to be good in the long run. Definitely is. And, you know, team is so important, you know, their involvement with the community, being open, being transparent, uh, being communicative, um, and, you know, really a commitment, as I've said before, and I've said in, in past weeks, is a commitment to providing value to your project supporters. Um, you know, we see some really great examples out there of what to do, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute as we kind of talk about our favorite projects, uh, but we certainly see a lot of, like, you know, what not to do. And I think a lot of it too is, is not necessarily malice or ill intent, but just inexperience. And, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging, um, you know, to just be an artist and not understand, um, you know, how to market and how to build community and, you know, tons of talented artists out there. But I believe if you want to be successful in the NFT space, you know, all of these things need to at the very least be considered. You know, I love it when I get physicals in the mail, as does everybody. And you know, I talk about it, you know, week after week. But, you know, when I get when I get a physical, I'm almost never selling the, you know, the underlying NFT behind it. Um, it would just almost kind of feel weird, you know, sell right. NFT, but have the physical. And so I think that's a great way to bring people into your ecosystem and have them be lifetime supporters. I think it's a great way. And, you know, again, um, you know, with prices down and printing physicals and framing physicals, all those things can be can be tough for you know, struggling artists. But um, it doesn't have to be everything, you know, just your 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 special one out of one pieces or or something to to really, you know, rope people into your program and your project and get lifetime supporters. Um, you know, in the, you know, in the opposite vein of the indicators that, you know, get you behind a project. And we've talked a little bit about this before uh, earlier, um, but, you know, major red flags that you look, you know, you see, and you basically say, no way I'm out. There's, there's, there's a problem here. You know, what, what type of red flags, you know, will tell you to, uh, <laughs> to avoid at all costs, you know, Voodoo, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, if the, uh, if the projects, lead artist is named Sarah. Like I'm pretty much out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Rug queen. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think when projects, any NFT project is out there like bashing another NFT project on Phantom Great on one. Twitter 
um, like I'm out because I know that you don't build something by tearing other people down. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think just communication, like even if it's just on Twitter, you don't need a discord. Honestly, I hate, there's too many discords. Like I, I can't be involved with them all. So I mostly just keep up with projects and what's going on with their Twitters. And so as long as they're communicating and it doesn't have to be the artist, the artist can hire community managers or just have, they might even have to pay them just people that are passionate and they give them the roles as moderators. Um, you know, just are they, are they communicating if they're not communicating? If there's days between tweets, like, I'm sorry, it just can't happen. Uh, even if you take days off, like you can plan tweets and there's free programs that can tweet for you on your days off. Like, um, if they don't respond to questions, there's just a lot of things. I, I also prefer artwork where I've seen, um, some of the methodology. Like I love when people release videos like Slotopia's on here. Um, and he was always releasing videos and it's not like anyone doubted that he was doing the art, but it's so cool to connect with the process. So, um, I think for me, you don't have to dox yourself. You don't even have to get on audio, but whatever you can do to connect with your audience, you got to do that. So any project that's not doing those things, like I'm out. So, uh, that that's mainly it for me. I personally, you know, like it when artists and projects docs, um, you know, not, not necessarily like we need to see pictures of your photo IDs or anything like that, but, uh, you know, showing up on the tomb heads auction, talking, you know, engaging, you know, attending in real life events. You know, we all, we, we all doxed ourselves, you know, a month or two ago at South by Southwest in, in Austin. And I think it was great. And I think even for us, you know, we're, we're a relatively newcomer, uh, newcomer project, uh, but I've got no problem. You know, I was out there, met everybody. And I think it immediately gives you some sort of, you know, relevance in the space that, you know, people have seen your face or, or at least heard your voice. And, you know, I, you know, I don't judge, necessarily those that don't dox, but I think you're going to see, you know, as more and more rugs happen, you're going to see people leaning towards projects that have, you know, at, at, at the very least, you know, a semi-dox team, you know, someone, you know, who's well-known in the community knows them personally. And there's all sorts of different ways to dox, uh, but I think it's going to be a pretty big, important part of it uh, going forward. Um, what I'd like to talk about next is, really like, you know, some of your favorite projects, um, you know, each week we talk about, you know, what our favorite projects are, you know, each, uh, you know, co-host or guest can, you know, pick two and let's, let's try not to overlap because there's so many great people to shout out and, and plug right now. Um, I've burned myself in the past by going last because Sarge always steals my favorite projects. Uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll do the same. Uh, you know, what do you think voodoo? Like who, who are you looking at right now you know, as your, as your two favorite projects? And I know there's there's a lot, so you know don't feel bad if you're like leaving people out, but uh, but throw throw out throw out a couple that our listeners should be aware of. Yeah, so sorry, I'm picking my daughter up from school, so I had to run in here for two minutes. But I will say real quickly, number one, I plead the fifth because that's not fair because I love so many and I don't want to play favorites. Um, but uh, I, you know, if we just say two that I'm really excited about and passionate about that are not uh, a potluck project. I'm really excited about Crown Labs and what's happening there um, with the Pixel Doodle Punks team and the Phantom Bunch team. And then also really excited about Woven and what Edge is doing there. 
because I just love that they're building ecosystems around the art. And so excited about them, but I'm also excited about the metaverse plays uh, with Erebus and Slotopia, what they're doing in their different metaverses. So for all of you that I didn't mention, I, I love you too. I'm excited about you too. <laughs> it's hard. This is, this is a tough one because there's so many great projects and, and being so involved in the community, we have you know deep ties with so many people. So uh, unfortunately, we can't lift, list off all 15, um, but uh, you know, each, each week we'll kind of be talking about at least six. So um, thanks for that. You know, Tweak, what about you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I have 729 NFTs right now. So I, I like a lot of projects, but, you know, like I said, when, when I did that article for the Phantom Foundation, I've, I've always just been interested in art and artists. So my two favorite artists, you know, so far I've been,